So, hey guys, are you frustrated with where you're at right now? Maybe stunted in your progress? Well, if you are, I want to recommend a place for you to go called Growth Day. Growthday.com forward slash ed. It is the number one personal development app on the planet. It's got all kinds of high performance techniques in there, courses, accountability, journaling, live speeches from some of the top influencers in the world, including me. It's an overall environment to change your life. Growthday.com forward slash ed. Hey guys, very excited to share today's conversation with Andy Frisella with all of you. You will probably never hear a more real conversation in your life about what it takes to become successful in every area, particularly as an entrepreneur, and the emotions that come with it, the real behind the scenes, the real vulnerable, raw things that come with paying the price to do something great with your life. This one is a real one. At the same time, it's got really strong language. And when it comes to my show, I always want to warn you, and he uses strong language to emphasize his points. It's the way that he speaks. And so if you have young ears around or you're offended by strong language like the F word, this interview is not for you. If you can handle that, it'll change your life. Can't wait for you to hear it. This is The Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. So today's a really special day for me. I get to share with you one of my best friends in the world, if not my best friend. And um, I'm sitting here today, brother. I told you this off camera. I think I'm sitting in the most impressive room I've ever sat in in my life. Like literally, this is probably the most impressive room I've ever sat in ever. And it makes me think about when I met you seven years ago. Seven years ago, I met this man and he was already very, very successful. We were sitting in his garage. There was these four GTs and Lamborghinis behind me. I'm like, who the heck is this dude? And I remember walking from your garage to your headquarters going, I think I want to coach entrepreneurs with this dude. This is this dude's real. Little did I know that you'd create a show someday called Real AF. But I remember thinking, this dude's real. And now I find myself seven years later sitting in this room with you smoking cigars. I am at least a glass of peanut butter whiskey in, by the way, yeah. everybody. And I'm really proud of you. Thank you, man. I want to tell you that. I'm proud of you. I love you. And just to give you guys context, uh, this man, when I met him, was already very wealthy. But... We walked from his building to the headquarters he had, which was about, I don't know, 20,000 square feet, something yeah. like that at the time. Yep. And now you have, seven years later, 800,000 square feet. How many employees? Uh, about 500. About 500 employees. In-house. In In-house. And then we have a bunch of remotes. Built, built an incredible company, an incredible personal brand. He's one of the most influential people on the planet, and he's my partner in the Arte Syndicate that we coach entrepreneurs together. And we're going to have a remarkable conversation today with Andy Frisella. Welcome, brother. Thanks, bro. Good to have you. I, uh, I appreciate, uh, while I light this cigar up, yep. we're going to keep it. this casual today. Light it, absolutely. Um, look, man, I appreciate, first and foremost, our friendship and our relationship that we've built over the last, has it really been seven years? Yeah. Has it? Since yeah. we did that? Fuck. Yeah. Bro, that feels like a year ago. <laughs> I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. And, um, the brotherhood and the friendship and the, you know, it's being an entrepreneur is very difficult, as you know, and as a lot of you guys know. And just to have you as someone that I can call and talk to during those difficult times. Mm -hmm. um, Likewise. Has been, aside from all the success, one of the most valuable experiences that I've had in my entire life. Wow, thank and you. And so, uh, you know, I look at you as a, as a, more experienced further down the road big brother 
that uh, I'm very, very blessed and fortunate to have, dude. Thank you, bro. So, I, I love you, and I'm very proud of you. Yeah. It makes me, I don't, I'm not going to cry with the big dude here. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, Andy has a book out, by the way, that's brand new right now called The Book on Mental Toughness. It's incredible. And if anybody on the planet is qualified to write this book, it's my friend here. I'm just telling you straight up. He's the creator of the 75 Hard program that, I don't know, how many trash tags total on it on social media? Oh, uh, shit, dude. It's it's well over a billion on TikTok. Well over I a think billion. It's a, I think it's actually a few billion. Yeah. Um, just on TikTok alone. Yeah, just on TikTok. It's, yeah. it's in the millions on Instagram and... You know, it's become a thing where most people that do it don't even know. They don't even know you're affiliated. They don't even know I did it. Yeah, I want you you guys to picture this. So you're talking about someone who's, they've gone to 800,000 square feet, four buildings, first form is this massive brand. This is someone who at a very deep level understands branding and marketing. He's one of the few people, that's why I partnered with him in our coaching program, who's real at doing these things. He's built one of the most remarkable brands on the planet in first form. He's built this massive movement, the biggest in the history of mental toughness and the fitness industry in 75 hard. The Arte Syndicate, our coaching program, is the unprecedented leader in entrepreneurial coaching. So let me ask you this to start, brother. I want to get into a lot of tactical stuff. One thing that you and I are both known for is tactical stuff. What happened? Like, what's gone on with you the last seven years that's caused this stuff to explode like this? By the way, Real AF... One yeah. of the top podcasts in the world. Yeah, I mean uh, the MFCO project before that, which may or may not resurface. It, yeah, is, no, it is. is. It's coming back. I know, but yeah. I didn't know they yeah. knew, right? And it's coming back. <laughs> it's coming back. So, like, what's been some of the keys to you doing what you've done the last, say, seven, eight years? What's happened? First of all, I'm surrounded by killers, dude. Like, that's the thing we got to understand. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've hmm. got tremendously successful, smart, intelligent people around me mm -hmm. in every direction. So my brother, who is the CEO of First Form now, mm -hmm. um, my executive team, mm -hmm. the people who show up there every day, these are incredible people. Mm -hmm. And um, they, do, they do the rowing of the boat, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the truth is what happened was, is, is, you know, everybody developed, everybody leveled up, everybody got better. And, um, you know, I don't think there's anything magical about it. I think it's basically what we talk about all the time with people, you know, mm -hmm. which is executing day in and day out, day mm -hmm. in and day out for, for years. Mm -hmm. And as, as things, the more, the more days you execute, the more they compound and they compound and compound and compound. And eventually the growth goes from gradual to, to steep. And I think over the course of our business life, if you own a company, you go through many of these phases where you go uh, very slight growth or even flat for a while, and then you go up and then you go very slight growth and then you go up. And you know, when people think of, of entrepreneurship or growing a brand or business, a lot of times they think it's just a straight line or it's just straight up. And, yeah. and dude, as we know, just kind of like the meme, you know, it's like this. Yep. And, uh, it, it, and I think we just, um, you know, I think we figured out a lot of things on how to, how to really get good at what we do. And, mm -hmm. and really what it comes down to is great people doing great things to help people with what they're coming to our business for, which is in my case, they want to get more fit. They want to get mentally better. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, with our affiliate program, they want to make some money. Yeah. So we do a good job at all three of those things, serving the need of the customer in an obsessive way. The thing I think of the most of with you is culture. You're a culture builder and that culture has allowed it to grow exponentially, even without you driving it all the time. But you've been the driver 
you're giving it to Sal and you're right in your businesses. But the truth is like the brand has been you, the driver has been you. I think one of the things that you talk about better than anybody is like, because of social media and most of the BS that's out there mm -hmm. is I think people underestimate if we're just gonna have a real conversation, me and you about what do we talk about behind the scenes? Cause that's what I get asked. What do you and Andy talk about behind mm -hmm. the scenes? Here's the truth. We don't talk usually when things are going great. We talk when things are not going great. Yeah. And I think if we're going to have a real conversation that helps entrepreneurs or just humans today, we need to let them into our lives, like the real lives. Yeah. I'm sitting in a room right now that's just a mind-blowing room. There's 30 cars in here. Yeah. Collective value of these cars is what in this room, roughly, probably? Around around between 30 and 40 million 30 40 million dollars of cars yeah. plus the building the house that's attached to this a former president of the united states lived in grant yeah. like it's crazy yeah. right it's way harder than people think yeah it's way harder it's yeah. way more debilitating to be an entrepreneur mentally taxing emotionally taxing i sent you a video a few weeks ago of a very successful guy who got asked in the interview hey if you had to do it all over again as an entrepreneur would you do it and he or what would you advice would you give yourself and he says i don't think i would do it yeah and we both went i don't know that i would either if yeah. we're being really real yeah talk about that just from your perspective how the real stuff of being an entrepreneur, mentally, emotionally, and physically, the toll that it takes on somebody. Not the pretty stuff that they see. Everyone's yeah. in Turks and Caicos. Everyone's tan and partying and in nightclubs. But the real stuff of building something great. How hard is it on all those aspects? I think it's harder than anybody could possibly imagine that hasn't done it. Mm. Um, and this is why I get so frustrated with the current state of the environment of entrepreneurship on the internet. Yeah because we have a lot of people who haven't really built anything. They've maybe built a little cash flow, yep. but not any asset or not a real company. And they tell everybody that entrepreneurship is for everybody. And unfortunately, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. It's statistically only for seven to 8% of the people. And only 1% of those people actually ever become millionaires. Right. And when we statistically break that down and we look at the way it's marketed, it bothers me a lot because I think a lot of people get sucked in who would be tremendous entrepreneurs, tremendous contributors. What's an entrepreneur? Somebody who is a part of a brand, who takes ownership of the brand, mm -hmm. who operates at a high level and cares and and helps to build whatever it is that's being built. So they work inside a company. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and I've got, I'm blessed to have just unlimited amounts of those kinds of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when we talk about the mental toll and this actually leads into why the book was written okay. and why 75 Heart was created. You know, a lot of people are confused. They think I'm out here trying to be David Goggins. Right. The fuck I am. I'm right. trying to survive. Yep. You know, and um, that takes a certain level of toughness. And as you know, contrary to what a lot of people think, I struggle a lot. Um, I have real struggles. My, my, I struggle mentally. There's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pain. It's a lot of frustration. And it's extremely difficult. And um, I feel an obligation to be honest about that with people because I feel like because everybody looks at it on the internet as it's like, it's such an easy thing for everybody to do. Yep. What happens is, is that a lot of young people get sucked in and then they can't get it done or they can't win with what they're being told. And because they're being told a false yes. reality of it, they have a false expectation and so when they get in and they're like, holy shit, this is actually really hard, right. they blame themselves. They think it's yep. them. Yep. And I see this every day. I see this in my DMs. I talk to people and they, you know, um, so I just feel like it's better to be honest with people about how hard it really is and what it really takes 
so that you can prepare yourself for the journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the proper way to present entrepreneurship, which is why I'm so big on mental toughness. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as entrepreneurs, you know, we are, we are actively choosing to walk the unbeaten path, right? Like we are actively choosing to do a life that most of our friends, most of our family, most people are never going to understand and they're going to attack you for it. They're going to say, Oh, you know, why, why, what do you, why do you think you're too good for everybody? What, what do you, what more do you need? Like, you know, remember where you came from. Are you still mess? Like the, the amount of negativity that comes with doing things outside the norm of society as an entrepreneur is so fucking hard to deal with that you have to be prepared to deal with it and then not only deal with it, but also learn how to leverage it. And, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, man, and I talk with Emily about this all the time. And I talk with you about this all the time. Um, it's hard as fuck and it beats the shit out of me. And, and like, dude, I feel at 25 years in business, first form's only 14 years old, but I've been in the same line of business for 25 years with supplement superstores. Um, I feel like an old man sometimes. Me too. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel, I feel like, and then when I do the math, how many hours I've worked, I've worked a full lifetime. Many lifetimes. Yeah, already. Many. So, so it's, you know, I get a little frustrated. Actually, I get highly frustrated with the way that it's presented in in real life. You know, there's a lot of fake shit and it really doesn't bother me. Um, from an aspect of people are cheating, people are going to cheat in everything that they do. That's the nature of human beings. But what bothers me is the good people who are honest that want to build something that gets sucked in. And then, you know, what I think about is like how many good ideas, how many good businesses, how many cures, how many good solutions are lost because the expectation you of the path, yeah, the expectation of the path is painted to be something that it isn't. And people who would otherwise succeed if they just knew yeah. what to prepare for quit. And then us as human beings and and business lose out on a lot of good things. Yeah, we're cheated out of their greatness because they've been presented a picture. By the way, you're exactly right. The value of what you're talking about is immeasurable for everybody listening to this because being an entrepreneur is so difficult mentally, physically, emotionally. By the way, I think it's worth it. Yeah. But, and sometimes I wonder whether it is. I I, I do too. So, I mean, I really do. And, but, but I think this is the real talk because- when an entrepreneur begins to experience these things, they're like, well, this isn't what I see. I must be doing it wrong or I'm not cut out for this or my business doesn't work because I'm feeling all these things. And we're one of the few two people, maybe the only two, there's probably somebody else. It's like, actually, if you're experiencing all of this heat setbacks, financial catastrophes, emotional catastrophes, people stealing from you, suing you like they shouldn't, you're probably on the actual right path as an entrepreneur. And all stages are difficult. So, hey, guys, as you know, I've partnered up with my good friend, Brennan Bruchard, who's created the greatest personal development system that has ever been designed called Growth Day. There's everything from journaling to accountability programs, live messages every Monday from myself and other influencers. There's an opportunity for you to to get courses that would cost thousands of dollars completely for free. It's incredible. Go to growthday.com forward slash ed and check it out. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started the show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store, 
or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mylet, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mylet. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? Then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a full body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See eBay Motors. One thing most people don't see with you because the story becomes dated because you're so successful now is I want you just to tell the audience because they may not realize this because, yeah, we're in here with, you know, I don't know. You have hundreds of millions of assets now. You built a company that's a, a billion dollar plus brand. And even at this stage, it's not roses and bubblegum most of the time. No. But the first decade for it's you. It's harder now. Really? It's harder now than it was in the beginning. It's harder than when you were living in the back of a yeah. supplement superstore? No, no question. Okay, tell them about that and then tell me why it's harder now. Well, that's how we started. You know, we start, Chris and I started in 1999 with, so good. with $12,000 uh, from painting the stripes on parking lots. We had a buddy who had a striping company who was gracious enough to give us a job. And at that time, it paid very well for a couple of young kids, right? Mm -hmm. We were making like 20 bucks an hour, which back then was like making like 100 bucks an hour. Right. right? So we were able to save a little money and start this business. And um, the first store, we, we bought the shelves at home. We literally bought the shelves at Home Depot. We built the counter out of particle board from Home Depot and like uh, metal roofing and shit. Like our friends and family helped build it. And uh, that's how we started. Our first day we sold seven bucks. Our first inventory order was $10,000 that we financed on credit cards, um, which we got totally screwed on. I thought we were getting a good deal. That was my first business lesson, you know. Um, and dude, like we, we just started. And, uh, and you slept in the store. Yeah, for on and off for the first three years. Slept in the business. Mm -hmm. What you make the first five years? The first two, first three years, I made nothing. Like Zero. we didn't make anything. And, yeah. and this is the other thing. We both worked other places to kind of keep the business open. Stay on that. Yeah. Before we move off. I think that's another thing entrepreneurs need to hear. So did I. I stocked shelves at night the first two years. I don't think enough entrepreneurs are hearing. You may need to have a job outside of your business to stay in business. During well, the you know how time. like the young guys now, they talk about side hustles, right? Yes. Like, so, so like for me, the side hustle was the store, right? If you were, if you were, yeah. if you're today in today's language, right, you would say the side hustle was the store. My main deal was doing these other jobs, and then I took the money there. Chris took the money there, and we kept reinvesting in the store. And um, you know, the first time I got paid was three years in. 
Uh, I got paid $695 a month. And then for seven years, that's all we made, $695 a month. So for the first 10 years I was in business, um, now remember, this is a different era. No social media, mm-hmm. no way to get your word out, n- mm-hmm. none of that. Um, the first the first 10 years, I made $58,380. Combined. Combined for 10 years. Yeah. Not a year, mm-hmm. total. Yep. And by the way, w- the reason that matters, and the other thing you said matters, just I love how our brains think similarly. I think for a real entrepreneur, that's still a three to six year window. It may not be a decade if you're doing things right, but you're going to go through two, three, four, five, six potential years of no profit potentially yeah in order to build something that is profitable for a while and it's not get rich quick in fact if you got rich quick i see these guys getting rich in two or three years i'm like that's someone who won't be rich in a decade correct because you don't learn the lessons along the way Mm. If, if you know the delayed gratification and the beating that you take when you first start something is actually necessary because that's where you learn most of your skills. Most of the things that we teach these guys uh, mm-hmm. that you talk about on your show, that I talk about on my show, and that we teach in Arte or to whoever would come ask us, those are things we learned in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Those are things we learned when it was really fucking hard. How's that harder now then? Someone's looking at you, they're like, dude, you slept in the back of a supplement superstore for a few years. Mm-hmm. You made 58 grand the first decade, mm-hmm. and then first form starts to grow mm-hmm. you become a brand mm-hmm. mfc now that part was fun right that part was that part felt easy okay you know like that the 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 part where everybody's kind of seen me in my life mm-hmm. that part felt easy okay um when i say it's getting harder now the reason it's harder a couple reasons it's harder now one we're entering a phase of quote unquote big business right yep. it's no longer 10 of us in a room or 20 of us or even 50 of us and we can say all right guys this is what we got to do and everybody goes and does it Mm. now we have to coordinate a massive amount of people to go execute right and as you know coordinating a massive amount of people to execute is very difficult Mm -hmm. and um so there's that that part is very difficult uh the other part is you know when you're when you get to this level of business it for me it's almost like you're starting over because you don't know any of that shit. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know, I don't know. I didn't, I do now, but I Mm -hmm. didn't know the financial lingo. I didn't know, Mm -hmm. uh, how to, and the reality is to get to that next level, that big business level, you have to create partnerships and you have to work with people because Mm -hmm. there's like, we talked about when we did my show, you know, the 20 year room, right? Yeah. There's, you have to start playing ball with the bigger players. Otherwise they keep you out of the game Mm -hmm. because these people own the market at the top of the game. So, it's just it's just different, dude. And isn't it also the pressure of having dude, the responsibility? That's of what having, I was going to get to. Yeah. It's the the amount of like these guys who are all sitting in the room right. with us. I love these fucking guys. Yep. Those get those people at HQ. I fucking love those people. Yeah. And like knowing that you're responsible and that they've invested in their lives in into my project that we've started so long ago. Our project. Mm is a tremendous amount of fucking weight to bear. Mm. You know what I'm saying? These people have families, they have kids, they have people to provide for. And if mm. like, if we don't, if we, if I make the wrong call or we make the wrong move or, or we do something wrong, there's consequences that are outside of us. Exactly. And, and that's, that's a lot. I think also, as you get older, that becomes more of the forefront. Like, dude, you know, when you start getting to be able to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, you're not starving anymore and you get to the point where you can do some cool shit like both of us have been able to do, you start to, like, look around and you're like, well, fuck, man. All these people, they got to win, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I and think, I, I'm going to tell you something about you, okay? Yeah. That's the thing I'm most proud of you is that right there. 
Oh. Is that no 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 wait let me just say it's it. real because people don't people see a side of you that's like this just in crazy intense. He's pissed about what's going on on social media. He's pissed about what's going on in culture. They don't understand the nature of where it comes from. And I'm one of the few people that can give people context. Very few entrepreneurs they don't care. They get to a point. I'm just gonna be in real. They build their company up, then they just decided to exit. Who cares what happens to everybody else? Yeah. And you have this thing about you, which is probably why you've been successful. You're really hard on people. You're a hard dude to be around. Yeah. You're a hard dude to be in business with. I'm yeah. in business with you. You're I'm a hard, hard dude to be friends with. You are. Yeah. But but by the way, you're also, if if my car broke down in the middle of the night, I yeah. just said this to somebody yesterday yeah. about you, that whole analogy, I know for sure who I would call. Yeah. And it would be you. Yeah. And, and so you're also a great friend to have, but you're hard because you set incredibly high standards. Yeah. Right. And you care deeply. And- the thing I admire most about you, I just want to say this to you, is that the challenge is if you're one of those people and you're nodding, you're like, I care about people too, you're in for a difficult ride once your business gets big too. Because yeah. now you've got your customers you care deeply about, you've got the people that work with you you care deeply about, you've got society you care deeply about, and this stuff wears on people. And it's the thing about you that I admire the most. It wears on you. I think it's almost like any great leader has that, right? But I want people to know that about you. The other thing that I want, I want you to, I'm going to ask you this in real time and I want you to answer it honestly. For me, my greatest strengths are my greatest weaknesses. Mm -hmm. When I harness them, they're great. Mm -hmm. They've also been the things that have hurt me the most in my life. And then for me, I would say one of my great strengths is my intensity level. I run real hot. I thought I ran the hottest of anybody I've ever met until I met you. And then there's, I don't know, maybe I handle it differently than you. I think I've been good for you're, you. You're, you're, You've gone through that maturity process I haven't gone through yet. Eh, yeah, but I see you doing it. Yeah. But to talk about that for a minute, so you're, you're one of your great gifts. It's not, people don't know this. It's actually your brilliance and your marketing mind and your branding, which we'll talk about in a minute. But from an emotional personality trait, you, you got to run hot. Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Andy Frisella, whoever, myself at my level, whoever it is, Elon Musk, you, you, you cut open these humans they're a little bit crazy, yeah. right? And if you're a little bit crazy, you, I like you. But for you, I want you to, to be, uh, as probably no one's ever asked you this before on camera. That is one of your great strengths. It is also one of the things that is hard for you in your life too, yeah. right? Like this is the truth. Like, so how do you feel about that sincerely? Like, do you, sometimes you wish you could just lose it? Sometimes you just go... I want to throw my hands up, man. And like, I don't want to care anymore. I don't, or is it, or if you have accepted, like, I'm going to be crazy and you're going to see me at 65 years old and I'm still going to be nuts because I mean, you look at these guys that are, who are you like politically? It doesn't matter. There's like 70, 80 year old dudes trying to run the world still. Right. Yeah. Like there's just some people that are just wired for crazy. Yeah. And maybe they just need to accept that's who they are. And I ask you that because there's a lot of people listening to this because in their family, they're the crazy one. Yeah. Their version of it in their family, they're the unreasonable one. They're the crazy one. They may not yell and scream like you do, but in their family, they're like, everyone's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Right. And maybe there is something slightly unhealthy about it, yeah. right or wrong. I had an interesting conversation with uh, Zoltan, who's the, yeah. from Five Finger Death Punch, who's a brilliant man. I told you about this. Yes. And we were sitting, he was sitting exactly where you're sitting and we were talking and he brought up, we were talking about some of the issues I have with running hot because mm. he runs hot, mm. but he's very calm. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've been working on is trying to accept that as 
reality. Mm-hmm. Because when you look around, when you're wired that way and you're wired for, for winning, which is the truth, um, I hate fucking losing, dude. I hate not being competitive. I hate being bad at shit. And it's not about winning. Like to me, it's, it's about, I fucking hate losing. Mm. And um, I would say that the fact, the combination of me being wired with hating losing and me being as tense as I am is the reason for the success, 100%, personally. Mm. Um, but it's also the reason for, you know, a lot of failed friendships. It's also the reason for, um, you know, maybe when I was younger, I would deal with people the wrong way and, and actually hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some regret that comes with that. And there's also a lot of self-analyzation that comes with that, that basically, you know, you look around at everybody else, man, and you see, especially right now with victim culture, right? Like mm-hmm. you see all these people getting attention off of the things that have gone wrong in their lives. And I don't talk about those things that have happened to me. I don't talk about the bad things in my life. Like we've all had bad things. I'm looking at one. There's a scar on the left side of his face. He was stabbed. Yeah. Most people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think the, the underlying truth is that, yeah, it, it creates a lot of wins, but it creates a lot of difficulty too. And a lot of mental anguish because you're not like everybody else. You know, when you're, when you're built different than everybody else and you have this desire for more and this desire for achievement and this desire to win, everybody else looks at you like you're, like you're fucked up mm-hmm. and they'll tell you that too. You know, what the mm-hmm. fuck is wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. why, why can't you just relax? Why yeah. can't you just do this? Why can't, because I'm, I'm just not built that way, man. And, um, as I've gotten a little bit older, I've gotten better at accepting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of embracing the fact that this provides a lot of good, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that make that you have to deal with that, that come that aren't so good. It is interesting. Cause sometimes when I'm with you, I'm like, I wish I could get them to wind down a little bit, yeah. you know? And then there's this other part of me, brother, that I'm like, I, I have friends that are like different than me politically. Like you and I don't agree on everything politically or socially or, um, their personalities are different. I have other I mean, friends. That's that are like, okay, bro. Cause like it's, it's, it, you can be wrong once in a while. Well, well I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think, I think unreasonable people change the world. Yeah, they do. And I like that there are unreasonable people, no matter what form that takes. Yeah. And the unreasonable people change families. Unreasonable people are the one. Yeah. And so however that manifests itself for you in your life, if you're listening to this, I, I think weird equals rich and normal equals poor. And I don't mean that just financially. I mean, in life. Yeah. Like, bro, you're a damn roller coaster. Yeah, I know. You're a roller coaster. And you know what? The ride is worth it because life would be boring without you. Yeah. And, and the world would be boring without unreasonable. What would the world be like without Steve Jobs? What would the world have been like without Henry Ford? Right. What would the world have been like without some of the great leaders we've had, you know, geopolitically around the on, around the planet? Great entrepreneurs advance culture. Right. And they change families. And so if you're listening to this, stay unreasonable, but have some grasp. Have what I think you've had happen the last three or four years. And I take credit for this. Some of it is you become a much more self-aware person. Yeah, for sure. And I think self-awareness. That's a fair. That's a fair comment too. Like you should take some credit for that. Like real talk, because being you. around you, like you're one of the only people that when I do get upset, mm-hmm. you you help me work through it as mm-hmm. opposed to just reacting. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I I truly fucking appreciate. 
Thank you, bro. You know, like the the one thing I could say about the people that uh, are around me is that they have a lot of fucking grace. <laughs> yeah, you know they what I'm do. saying. They also have a lot of gratitude, Andy. Yeah, and that's important. Look, there's certain people in the world that just shake things up all the time, and they're hard to be around, and they win championships. Yeah. Okay, that's what Belichick does. That's what Phil Jackson did. That's what great leaders you do. You saw Jordan talk about it in his documentary. Perfect. I mean, example. he fucking was crying about it. Perfect example. Because like he's out here on the court demanding the best of all his teammates and they fucking hated him for it. That's right. And that bothers him. Yep. And now, you know, it bothers him. And by the way, some of them to this day still don't get it. But you yep. know what they got from being around him? Rings, championships, wealth, notoriety. Which is now their whole identity. Correct. Yeah. That's right. Do you you say something that I love, and it goes to 75 hard. You've then created things in your life, though, to give you some mental peace and fitness. So not only does it develop mental toughness for you, mm -hmm. but like we'll put it up on the screen right now if, if you're watching YouTube. And if you're not, I'll describe it. What did you weigh at your heaviest? Well, I don't know, but the heaviest I ever saw on the scale was 350. 350. Yeah. So probably a little bit heavier than yeah. that. You that were... was once I took got the courage to get on the scale. Okay. So you had been heavier than that. Yeah. And now, just so you all know, like this is a, what are you, 245, something like that? Yeah, 250. And he's a big yeah. dude and he's shredded and he's in great shape. So you've not only just changed your brand, you've become, you've become wealthy, you've built multiple big brands, and you've changed your body. Okay. And so you've been, you've, you have created a catalyst for change in your life. How is it 75 hard? Is it doing hard things? Is it cold plunges? Like what's yeah. the stuff? Is it all of that crap? Like what has changed you? Cause here's the other thing about you. I'm just going to say, I'm watching your face. You never spend any time taking any credit for it. You, you do not allow yourself, even as we sit here to look around here and where we're sitting is the most impressive room I've ever sat in in my life, okay? And you've done some remarkable things in your life. My my frustration for you as your friend is, I wish you'd enjoy it more. Same time, same time, success leaves clues. Very few humans have changed their body, their finances, their brand, and their businesses to the extent you have the last decade on the planet. Listen to me, on the planet, okay? And by the way, also, even though also the way that you treat people is you've always been kind behind the scenes. You, you're great with people, bro. Off camera, you literally said to him, I heard you. You just, I want everyone to hear this. Then yeah. I want you to answer the question. We were lighting up these really good cigars yeah. and he asked about them and then you handed him a cigar, yeah. right? Now this is, this is someone that works with you that yeah. is behind the scenes on the yeah, camera. It, and I, I heard this just so you know. And you literally, because people that see you screaming on TV all the time, okay? And you literally said to him, hey, bro, anything you ever want or need, just ask me and I'll give it to you. Yeah. You just said that off the camera to this guy, just so people know. So give yourself a little bit more grace and credit, okay? <laughs> but how have you changed all these things? Someone said, Andy, how have you changed these things? Your answer would be what? I'm a systems person. Um, in business, I operate on systems. In personal life, I operate on systems. And... I got very successful in one area of life on systems alone, mm. uh, mainly the powerless system that I talk about. Powerless system. Yeah, the power, I know what it is. Yeah, the powerless system yeah. is, I believe it's episode 16 on Real AF, if you want to go listen to it. It's okay. just a systematic way to work through your day. Okay. Most, all successful people, people think there's magic to it. There's not magic to it, dude. If you win the day, if you win one single day, 
If you can win one single day, you have exactly the amount of magic needed to achieve anything that you want. Mm. And every, I believe that every single person can win a day. Mm. Um, and all I did was figure out a system to where I could track my days and see how much I was winning. And so I was able to build good company and, and, and a couple good companies and financial success and things with that system. Uh, but what I realized is that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to get to that next level without handling this, the which, body he's pointing yeah, to his body, mind, yep, body yep. being, um, and, and some things happened to me around the time that I, I discovered and started thinking about this. One of them was I was really sick. I had pneumonia and I missed work for like, this is like 2014, 15. And this is just a first realization of what I, how I came about this. I realized that by I was sick, I couldn't go to work, and I was checking my bank account. My bank account's going up. And at that time, I, I, was, I thought I was rich. Mm -hmm. um, and, and by most people's standards, I was. Mm -hmm. um, but I, 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 was watch, I was miserable, dude. I was sick. I was watching the same movie on TV every day, like mm -hmm. 10 times a fucking week. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this, I had this like massive realization, and, and it was very simple. It was like, fuck. This is why rich people kill themselves. And that's what like came onto my being. And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, dude, you have a much bigger fucking mission ahead of you. It's not just take care of you. It's build something that other people can have their dreams in as well. Yep. And, um, which is something that, you know, you talk about a lot. And so I, that got me started. And I was always, I was always mystified by people who were mentally tough. I never had mental toughness. I wasn't like I was an athlete in high school and I was, I was good gifted athletically, but I was soft. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I looked at people who could stick to a program or follow through or people who could, you know, stay, keep in shape. And I, I always thought, why did they get that gift? And I didn't get that gift. And I thought of it wrong. I thought of it as a gift or a, a trait that they had when in reality, mental toughness is an actual skill that we need to develop. Mm -hmm. And once I figured out and I got my mind kind of on the, on the track of like, okay, this is not a trait. This is something I need to develop. That's where like the pieces started coming together for 75 hard and live hard. And, uh, you know, I worked a couple years really hard. I lost a hundred pounds, but I was still soft. And, uh, and then I met James Lawrence, the iron cowboy. Yep. Okay. And he came on my podcast, the MFCEO project. And he said one sentence to me that kind of made it all go together. Um, and, and really kind of made 75 hard come, come to fruition. Um, he said, you know, to develop mental toughness, you have to intentionally put yourself in hard situations on a daily basis and overcome them. Mm -hmm. And that intentional hard, that part of the intentional, intentionally do hard shit mm -hmm. is the part that kind of made me, the pieces come together. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then 75 hard was born because I picked all the things that I had done over the course of my life when I was operating at the highest level. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought about them for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I just did the 75 hard myself. I fucking got on the podcast. I said, Hey, I'm doing this thing. 75 hard. Who wants to do it? I mean, a shit ton of people did it with me mm -hmm. and they had incredible transformations. And, uh, and that's kind of how it was born. And so for me, dude, like when I started thinking of it as a mental thing and not a physical thing, it, the game switched to me because dude, you know how I am competitive, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to, like, it's, it's one thing to say like, okay, I'm not in the best shape. It's another thing to say, 
you're not in the best shape because you're 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 mentally soft as fuck mm-hmm. and you're not as you're not competitive in that area. Mm-hmm. And so that flipped it for me. When it became a mental test as opposed to a physical altering that I'm trying to do, yeah. that's what switched the perspective for me. And I think that's what switches for most people because we're told in diet culture, you know, get in shape so you can look good at the pool or put your clothes on or go buy normal clothes. You know, when you're 350, bro, you can't buy much clothes. And when I started looking at it, like I didn't have control, like, like someone could set a beer in front of me, no matter what time of day, no matter what I had going on, no matter what I told myself I was going to do that day. And I'm fucking drinking it. Mm-hmm. And, and someone like I could walk into a restaurant and I would have in my mind the meal that I should eat. But then as soon as the waitress comes over, dude, I'm ordering pizza, I'm ordering wings, I'm ordering beers. And I'm telling myself this lie in my head, which is, Hey, don't worry, dude. We'll start tomorrow. You know, you work hard. You've been successful. You deserve this. And I started becoming aware of my internal dialogue around these things. And then I got pissed off that these inanimate objects have control over me. Mm -hmm. Like, like when I started thinking about it just at that level, like a fucking beer or a piece of food has fucking control over me. Mm -hmm. That offended me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that pissed me off. I started making those things the enemy mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I connected it all. And that, and like, dude, I've been able to maintain it pretty, pretty good, you know, um, for the last seven, eight years. Hey guys, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, in all of my businesses, and I've been blessed to have several of them, I've used Indeed now for a number of years. And the main reason I do it is, I, if you're like me, I don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that I have. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? Or they are qualified, but they're not interested in making in the move at the given time. And so with Indeed, you have a thing called Instant Match where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours. And you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers on my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash just go to Indeed.com slash MyLet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now. And you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way. Indeed.com slash MyLet. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. If you listen to this show for a while, you've heard me and my guests talk a lot about how critical it is to have your wellness goals in order, especially lately with me. So you know how powerful visualization is. When you visualize yourself 1, 10, 30 years from now, you've achieved all your goals, ask yourself this, am I healthy at that point? In your visions, of course you are. But like anything else, without a plan to get and remain healthy, you can't hit the goal. That's why I'm so thrilled to be partnering with Life Force. It's co-founded by my good friend Tony Robbins and Peter Diamandis. Life Force is a leader in proactive care. The Life Force membership includes everything you need to understand your wellness and help you make good decisions today that keep you on track in the future for your health. Listeners of my show get $250 when they first sign up for their membership by going to mylifeforce.com slash ed. That's mylifeforce.com slash ed. Take control of your wellness with Life Force and see what the healthiest version of you actually looks like and is capable of. These products and statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So you're on to something I want to ask you about, yeah. by the way. First off, that you became aware. Like I said, you're more self-aware. So here we go. This is kind of the root of what I think you stand for in your work. And I know you mean this in a kind way. I think when people see you yelling at everyone, I think if they don't know you well, they'll think <laughs> this dude thinks he's got everything together and he's arrogant. Yeah. 
But what I know, and I mean this as a brother, I'm, I'm trying not to get emotional when I say this, but like I know all your insecurities. Yeah. And I know that a lot of times you're still looking at this stuff like a fat dude. Yeah. Like I'm a fat dude, right? And and so I want to go to this work because this contradicts most of what everyone's going to hear in personal development. And, and here's the truth. You're right and they're wrong. And here's what it is. Uh, you just got to love yourself as you are. Yeah. It's a big thing in personal right now. You're perfect as you are. Yeah. You're amazing as you are. Self-love. Okay. Now, you and I both know the what that means. I mean, self-loathing and self-hatred is not a healthy thing. Right. But, but self-delusion is a more unhealthy thing. Correct. To tell yourself everything about you is perfect and you're okay. So you don't say this in an unkind way. You say this as somebody, I want everyone to hear this before he says it. He says this as someone who has lived way overweight. Yeah. Who has lived with not being proud of himself, who has lived with being ashamed of himself and angry at himself and heavy and been suicidal many times since I've known him, if yeah. can I be frank, right? Yeah. Like, so... What do you say now that I've set the context mm -hmm. to this notion of self love, love yourself as you are, you're perfect as you are, show up as you are, as opposed to being self-aware and allowing yourself some pain and discomfort because that causes you to want to move away from things about you that don't serve you, that make you unhealthy mentally or physically. So speak to that. Well, first off, I think anybody that watches my content, no matter what I'm saying, you should understand I'm talking to other people like me. I'm talking to the past version of me yeah. and I'm not for everybody. Not my message isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's for people who are wired hot, who want to fucking win, who are having a hard time. Mm -hmm. And the reality of, of life is this, the world's fucking relentless and it will not stop beating your ass until you wake up and start beating it back. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, when, when I see self-love and all this shit i do understand where they're coming from we're, mm -hmm. we're those people are talking to people who are on the brink right yep. and they think their entire world's crumbling and they're telling them it's okay but i actually think that's the wrong message mm -hmm. i think the right message is this hey this is how it is if you don't go hard mm -hmm. this is what you're going to get if you do not try hard to develop yourself and get off the bench and get in the fucking game mm -hmm. and i say that out of a place of love and caring for people yes. because I want them to feel better and I want them to do better. And I know what's not going to get them better is just accepting themselves and all their shitty behavior and all their vices and inaction and mm -hmm. procrastination and fucking low standards is creating the way you feel. Mm -hmm. And so when we tell people that self-love is just accepting ourselves who we are, when who we are is a combination of unacceptable standards and bad behavior, I personally, I believe we're violating our covenant with God. I, I look, I don't have kids, but if I did, I would want the, the, the kid to be the best version of themselves. And if I were to give that kid all of his gifts and all this ability and all this, all this upside, and they were to just say, well, I'm perfect the way I am. I would feel insulted because I put you here for a reason. And that's how I feel like God looks at us when we don't capitalize on our gifts. And I feel like that's what I feel like. I feel like God put me here, gave me some tools. I think the journey's supposed to be hard, but for me to do what I'm supposed to do when I'm here is required. It's part of the deal that, that why I'm here, you know, and I think that's for everybody. And I think if we all live like that and we thought about that just a little bit, the world will look completely different because we have a lot of people who are just coasting, who are, who are hearing the self-love talk, right? And then they're, they're hearing it 
in the toxic way, which is just accept yourself and your shitty standards. Mm-hmm. And that's denying the world of gifts and, and solutions and ins- inspiration and stories. And I mean, do we have a whole generation of people coming behind us? They got to have something to look at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just take that very seriously. And I think it's real. And, and when we break down the meaning of life, You know, a lot of people just see it different than me. They see the meaning of life as being a fun, enjoyable journey. And maybe that can be for some people, but I know that's not what I was here to put. So when I speak and people hear me and they might say, what the fuck? He's too much. Mm -hmm. Well, dude, I'm too much because I fucking love you, man. Yeah, I'm too much because I know you got more in you and I know you can do better. And uh, it takes a certain kind of person to really resonate with who I am. And, you know, unfortunately, because of the tone that I have, you know, if people, I find that people, here's what I get a lot of bro. When I first heard you, I fucking hated you, Yep. but I listened to like three episodes. Yeah. Dude, you're just a good dude that fucking wants more for people. And that, that is it. It's one of the best answers in the history of the show. Yeah. Everyone should go back to the last three or four minutes of what he just said. And the re- first off with you, the reason is it comes out intense, comes out with a lot of F bombs. And so that immediately some people hear a certain way yeah. you look a certain way, but the truth is I know what's inside there and I know Answer. your heart. Very handsome, unbelievable, and more handsome with more of that smoke around your face because yeah, it's right. a filter. <laughs> but, but, but I got to tell you, what he just said is true. When you really love somebody, self-love is belief. People that really love you believe in you. Yeah. And so accepting a lower standard of yourself, that's not love. Yeah. That's some other perverted, weak emotion. Yeah. And the truth is real love comes with belief and knowing that someone can rise to a higher standard and do better in their life. It's not judgment of where you are. It's love and belief of where you could be. Yeah. And so when someone says you get up and work or get in better shape or improve your life or start a business, it's not judgment as to where you are. It's belief in what you could be. And that's the difference in the two things. And that's what he's describing right now. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I'll ask you a question. Okay. So you played sports at a high level, mm-hmm. just like my brother did just mm-hmm. like a lot of our friends did a lot of our friends do mm-hmm. who was the best coach you ever had uh coach dennis paul was was dennis was dennis paul good to you and nice to you so hard on me bro i just posted about it a few weeks ago to the point where i mean i went home some nights in tears like just he pushed me so hard and the truth is that i ran into him i hadn't seen him in 30 years he came to a speech of mine and he was standing in the picture line and i saw him down on the line and i immediately almost fell to my knees in tears because Next to my dad, I'm most grateful to Coach Paul for where I am in my life because he got me to accept a pattern of my life of high standards, of believing I could do more, that if I actually put work in, that eventually there's a payoff for Mm -hmm. it. And if he'd have held me to a lower standard and accepted me as the dude that I was, I would be a miserable human being right now. And by the way, I've only had three or four or five of those people. You're one of them. In my life, it's like, no, bro, you're better than that. You can do better. I don't want friends that accept me as my are. I want want friends that see me as I could be. Well, that's the other context of where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I said earlier in the show, I'm hard to be friends with. The reason I'm hard to be friends with is not because I yell and scream at people. Not at all. It's because I fucking demand high standards from you. Yes. Like, if you're in my circle, bro, you're going to fucking get all you can out of yourself or you're not going to be in it. Yep. And that's reality. I cannot, dude, one of the, you know this, dude, one of the, I am such a hot wire competitor that any level of mediocrity or apathy about not caring it literally, I, dude, I can't tolerate it. You detest it. it. I fucking, so, uh, it drives me insane. Yeah, yeah. And so this is why my circle's so small because like, dude, I'm really incapable of sitting around. 
I mean, I am capable. Like, yep. you get, get a couple smokes in me. Yes. You know, I like to smoke, guys, all right? That's yep. what it is. He likes to smoke all kinds of things. Yeah. Just so Not you know. crack. Not all crack. right? Anymore. <laughs> Not no, Hunter Biden shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smoking Parmesan cheese, man. <laughs> but oh, here's the deal. God. Like, once I, you know, I like I got some my buddies that come in for the podcast. Yeah. You know, I do my podcast a little different than you. Like, yeah. you you have the the names on. I, can, yeah. I just have buddies on. Yeah. And uh, they always come over here after the show, and we smoke yeah. and drink and fucking yeah. hang out. Yeah. And in that environment, I can be a bro, yeah. right? But, like, dude, any other time, like, I'm here to do shit. Yep. I think some people look at you like, I don't I don't know that I want to be that hard, which is okay. Some guys look at Goggins that way, and you and Goggins are different. But yeah. but there's this thing Grover talks about. I love Goggins. So do I. I fucking we love both him, do. Man. We brought David yeah. into our group, yeah. I think, a couple times. We've done it twice, I think. And we both love David. And, and I, we both love Goggins, which is two different people, right? There's Goggins and then there's David and there's two different people, but we love. He calls himself Goggins. Right. Well, the Goggins dude is the dude. But what about that? Like leveraging the dark side versus like chasing the dream. There's two ways people approach this. Both work. I think you got to do both. Okay. Explain that to us. So as an entrepreneur, as someone who's wired for achievement or attempting to achieve, we are presented with lots of different energy to leverage towards our goals. Mm -hmm. And Part of the energy is positive and part of the energy is negative. And I believe that entrepreneurship and business and and building something is so hard that you have to learn to leverage both. Hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are wired one way or the other way. And I was too for a long time, but I was only wired for the dark shit. Um, Yeah. So, you know, there's positive energy, right? Which I believe out of, if we from my experience and it might be different for everybody and it also could be just my perspective and worldview mm-hmm. but for me it's like 90 10 okay 90 percent uh negative dark side energy 10 percent positive and what i'm talking about is the energy that we receive going down the path mm-hmm. okay what do we get well anytime that we set out to do anything different than everybody else bro nobody gets it mm-hmm. all right so that sets the precedent for us to get negative energy in different ways all the time this is why a lot of people in the beginning they're like nobody believes in me nobody supports me everybody's you know making fun of me yeah dude because you're doing something completely outside of the realm of what they see as normal life mm-hmm. and so we're going to face more negative energy in my opinion than we are positive there's gonna be very few people that actually believe in you there's going to be very few people that say yeah you know what ed i think you can do that mm-hmm. most people are going to say dude i think you're getting a little bit too out there you know they're going to try to talk you out of it and so I think it's necessary, and, and very few people talk about it, to learn how to leverage the dark energy properly. Because positive energy is great, dude. Like, yep. like putting having someone like you come put their arm around me and say, hey, bro, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. It's a big fucking deal, but it's very rare. Yeah. All right? What's what's very common is everybody else saying, hey, what the fuck? What the, right. Like, when I say, hey, we're going to build the next fucking Nike-level American iconic brand, people look at me like I'm full of shit. Right. A- even after what I've done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And by the way, we're debt-free company, and nobody gave me any money. Like, right. there's no company. I don't know of another company our size that is debt-free. Yeah. I don't right. know of a single one. It's crazy. When we think about these things... You know, if we're only leverage, if we only operate with the one or two times a year that somebody who's credible comes and tells you you're fucking great, you're going to feel like shit all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's necessary, especially in the hard phases, to literally learn how to leverage the dark energy, meaning... 
you're going to get so much of it, leverage it. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's great. Because point. it's a powerful force and, mm. and people will judge you and they'll say, well, that's not, I'm doing it to prove people right. Well, mm. fuck, that's why you're losing, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We get all kinds of negative energy at us all the time. And so what we have to learn to do is to take that in and then let it come out of us in productive action. Yeah. You know, like not, not lashing back out, not going on the internet and passive aggressively pouting about why nobody believes in you. Nobody believes in you because you haven't done anything, bro. Yeah. And by the way, when you've done shit, there's just a whole bunch of more people that don't believe in you. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So like we have to learn to take these things, internalize them, see them for what they are, and then fucking let them come out in productive action. Yeah. And a lot of people can't do that. So what happens is the, the negative energy comes and comes and comes and comes and then it burns them the fuck down, mm. right? So so we I, I believe to get to a certain level, you have to be able to, you have to be proficient at both. Um, and, and, and you are proficient at both. Like, by the way, this idea of leveraging energy that comes at you, I've never heard you say it that way before. But if everything in your life is going to be coming at you that's relatively negative, rejection, people screwing you, let you down, clients that quit, haters, this idea of like, no, you know, don't pay attention to the hate. You're saying actually pay attention to it and then flip it and leverage it. But at the same time, though, you and I for each other, behind the scenes thing, you also have those people in your life that have to like expand your vision. This did not happen here. There's a La Ferrari down there. Yeah. There's there's a Bugatti down there that's bananas. Every car in here is bananas, yeah. right? He doesn't buy like knockoff cars. Like this building's bananas, the guitars that are on the wall, the pictures, Grant's house over there, the way you design and deck. We're just sitting here like, hey, dude, I'm taking this part of the couch. I'm going to put that on the bar. So you're a visionary person too. So I want you to speak to that. And then even you and I behind the scenes, I don't know, th every three or four weeks, you're like, hey, bro, this house in Florida, this thing there, yeah. we're also people that although we leverage the dark side we're also dreaming yeah and visualizing and having someone in your life that's like hey think about this think about this what what element of it this didn't come together by mistake so speak to that a little bit about having some vision as well by the way this is like a master class we should be charging for this podcast <laughs> but that's why we have the arte syndicate right. but but like talk about vision and having someone in your friendship circle that also helps you stretch that too don't just leverage the dark side but the vision part of it you have to be exposed to bigger things than what you're doing at all times, no matter who it is or what level you're at. And honestly, meeting you was one of those things for me. The first time I went to your lake house in Coeur d'Alene, mm -hmm. like I'm over here thinking I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. And I am doing it. Mm -hmm. But then I walk into a 40,000 square foot <laughs> fucking bro. I was just telling the guys before the show, I was like, you get off, you, you get off the boat and you get off the dock and imagine the, the most crazy la uh, lake house uh, lodge that you've ever seen in your life. And then you, you walk up to it and you realize it's the fucking guest house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Like was, that's, there's levels, bad. man. And, yeah. and, um, wait to see Hope Island. Yeah, I, dude, I, yeah. I already know Yeah, the, the, uh, I think it's important to expose yourself consistently to the outcome. Um, which I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people actually do that too much where they make it all about the stuff and what they're trying to achieve and you can get successful like that. I was successful my first 15 years like that. Um, my first 10 years I wasn't, but you know, I made a lot of money those next five. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that was mainly like, what, what was I trying to build? What was I, but I don't think you can really get, I think you can only get so far on that. Cause yeah. once you start having it and once you start experiencing it, and I, this is going to sound all fucked up to everybody else, but like, dude, driving any of those cars you just mentioned, that's mm -hmm. like driving a normal car to me. Mm -hmm. 
You know, like I don't think of it anymore. Like I just, it's just part of my life. And um, <laughs> when I think of like what really gets me m- motivated and, and in the space I need to be is really thinking about historic things now. Like mm-hmm. what, what's the story of our company going to be when, when I die? You know what I mean? What did I actually accomplish? Who did I actually help? How did I impact families? How did I make people's lives better? How did I help people um, discover, like I said a minute ago, that they have gifts too and that they're here to let those gifts uh, materialize in real life? Mm. And, you know, and then I see what's going on in the world and what's going on in the country. And so, like, I continue to take on these bigger causes. Yeah, you do. Because these things, because I don't get motivated by the stuff anymore. I actually, real talk, I mean, I've told you a million times. Mm. I've said this publicly a lot. I don't give a fuck about it anymore. Yeah, anymore. Like, yeah, I don't. Do you think you have to get it? Yes. Absolutely. I had to fucking get to that, to have it, mm-hmm. to realize that it's not what. So what is the cool part of being successful is that you get a platform well, that to leverage cool. up other people. Listen, that shit's cool as fuck. Right. All right. It's cool. I'm not sitting here trying to play it down. Material goals are very important, especially when you haven't had them yet, mm-hmm. because they're the things that'll keep you going during the dark times. You'll mm-hmm. say, okay, well, this is the lifestyle I want. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But once you have that lifestyle, a lot of people fall off because they don't have a bigger mission or there a bigger you go. purpose. And so what I've learned and is that taking on bigger purposes that are outside of myself actually lead to not just more success, but also more fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't have it all figured out. You know, when people, when, when you said like, people are like, Oh, well, he thinks he's got it all figured out. No, I, I don't have it figured out. In mm-hmm. fact, I've got the shit behind me figured out, mm-hmm. but I don't have the shit in front of me figured out. This show is sponsored by better help. Hey, listen, we're all carrying around some form of stress, big or small. And you don't want to keep things bottled up. It's healthy to talk out loud with somebody about things that are bothering you or that are weighing on your mind or just decisions that you need to make. And that's why therapy from BetterHelp is one of the most helpful things you can do for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it'll empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for those that have experienced major trauma. Therapy is for people that just want to work through things and maybe learn to make decisions better, work through an emotion that's not serving them right now. And so if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, it's flexible, and it can be suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll get matched with a licensed therapist. If you don't click, you can switch therapists anytime you want for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EdShow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EdShow. You think Jim's proud of you? My dad? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you tell you that? I mean, we have a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I can tell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, uh, I mean, there's been a few times for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we never, we were never like, like, it was just different, man. My dad, ra- my dad raised us as realists. You know, things are either this or they're that. Mm-hmm. They're either this way or they're that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful for that because, you know, while some people would have been raised by my dad who had very high standards and who pushed us to do um, well, they would say, oh, that's that's not, that's, I, they would resent him for that. But like how I look at it is I'm like, fuck, dude, I am so thankful I had that because now I understand reality. I'm not confused or delusional about the way things are. And the, the truth is, man, we can wish and we can hope and we can wish things were different, but they are what the fuck they are. And we have to learn to operate with what is not what we want it to be. (laughs) And I think having my dad 
raised Sal and I both that way has been a tremendous key for like, we're a continuation of his work. You know what I'm saying? Um, he, he, he taught us the right shit. You know what I'm saying? He like, yeah. And my dad was hard on us, dude. We got our asses beat when we were little. That was real shit. But you know what? Every time I fucking got my ass beat, you know what the truth is, Joe? I fucking deserved it every single time. You know, well, he equipped the two of you for the world. And I worry a lot right now with, uh, you know, cause I am a parent that so many parents, I mean, a lot of these kids get out of college or school, man, and they're like, oh, my gosh, the world swings back, yeah. as you said earlier. And yeah. they never had any hits because their parents protected them growing up from every pit- yeah. Anytime there was a dispute at school, they intervened. Yeah. Any problem, they weren't starting on the baseball team, they talked to the coach. Yeah. Right? Or switched the school yeah. or did this or wrote a letter or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't that way. Yeah. My dad, either, was, my dad was like, well, uh, well, well, why the fuck did you do that? Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Same like, here. Yeah. Same um, here. So, you know, I want to say this, though, on public record, like my childhood was there was a lot like if I were to fucking go through it, there was a lot of really good shit and there was a lot of really fucked up shit. Mm. And this is why I don't have sympathy for fucking victims. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I've told you some of the shit and I don't Mm. talk about some of the shit publicly. Mm. And we had some really fucking bad shit in reality that we had to deal with growing up. But the truth of the matter is. I wouldn't change it for anything. And I'm very grateful for the experience. And I'm grateful for how hard my parents tried, how how much they they did what they knew best to do for us. And we we were taught the reality of existence through that childhood. Mm-hmm. And I think what to your point, a lot of parents protect their kids from learning reality and that handicaps them for life. Yeah. And we see that every day in you know, I don't see it really in my employees because I'm very blessed to have the people I have. Most because of how, this is a great thing because of how I am on the show. Most of the people that come to work for us are also the same. They don't come here thinking I'm it's going to be fucking sunshines and rainbows and flowers right. and shit. Yeah. They understand it's a, it's a hard team to play for. Like mm-hmm. I always tell our team, I said, look guys, we're the university of Alabama, bro. High standards are a fucking must. Mm-hmm. And we're not these other guys. We're not these other companies. We're not these other people. You're going to be demanded to perform at a high level. And if that's not for you, that's, that's Okay. But that's how we're going to do things here. Yeah. The one thing about you that's made you successful that I've learned is that you don't feel the need to be accepted by everybody. And you've actually already factored in that, you know, some percentage that used to say half, I don't think it's that big a number, but aren't going to accept you. And I think sometimes it's human beings desire to be accepted by everybody and to stay in the middle all the time that keeps their life in the middle. You know, like, I was never color, accepted, bro. Yeah, you never speak to that. What yeah, I was, I was fucking, dude, I was fat growing up. I was made fun of my whole life. Mm. You know, I got picked on by everybody. I was the youngest kid in my class. So like, I, I was always the, I was on the very young side of my class that I was put in all through school. So usually until, until I grew up in, in about seventh, eighth grade, fuck dude, I got the shit beat out of me every day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I got picked on. I got bullied. I got made fun of for being fat. None of the girls ever wanted to fucking be around me. I wasn't popular. I wasn't cool. So I kind of grew up with nobody fucking mm. like, I never got the approval of anybody anyway. So like I grew up with that. Cause I, I'm like, well, fuck, I don't, what difference does it make? I never had it. That's interesting. You know? So like, to me, that's not an important thing. And I think that frees me up to uh, say and talk about uncomfortable things on my show that are, that are highly controversial 
And then for those clips to go out on the internet and people disagree with me or fucking say he's a fucking idiot or whatever they say. I was just literally thinking about this interview right here. Yeah. I'm actually, because I'm so sick because of social media. So again, there's literally hundreds of clips that are going to come from this interview right now to go out on different social media clips. Like every damn thing we've talked about could be a clip. The one thing I think of with you, I remember in school, you're always taught to color within the lines. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> and I had such a hard time doing that. And most people have been programmed and trained. Everyone listen to me on this. To go through your entire life and you color within the lines. You never want to get outside the lines. You just want to color within them. And if there's anything that Andy and I have in common, because we are very different people. We're similar in a lot of things, but we're different in some ways. We've decided to live lives where we don't just color within the lines. Yeah. And I think the happiest people in life have decided not to do what they were programmed to do with as a child, which is to fit in, color within the lines, be quiet, be a good boy, be a good girl. That ends up being a really boring life, and it's not what you were born to do. All of the good things in your life lie within outside those lines. Mm -hmm. And you'll never know what your life will look like if you keep coloring within the drawing somebody else made for you. Mm -hmm. And if you get outside those lines, that's where your life lives. The other stuff that was drawn, you're supposed to color. That was by somebody else trying to limit your life and your being. And it just dawned on me when you were talking. It's an interesting metaphor. Like both of us and anybody that I admire, if it's somebody that you like in, 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 uh, in entrepreneurship, if you like Elon Musk or if you like Biden or you like Trump or whatever the heck you like, Obama, whoever the heck it is politically, they colored outside the lines of their own lives. Mm -hmm. At least you could say that for them, right? Great people color outside the lines. Great single moms color outside the lines, right? Like, I just want everybody to say one thing. I want to know this first. The book on mental toughness, the things we're talking about are chapter and verse in this book. And if any of this appeals to you, even if you're listening, you go, this is too hardcore for me. It's too much. Could you use 20% of what we're talking about? Right. Could you use 35% more of this? Now, some of you are like, I need all of this. Right. But whatever percentage, is there any part of you that's like, I do need to be mentally tougher in some area of my life? Whether that be the 75 hard piece of the book, the live hard piece of the book, or the beginning part of the book where he has different chapters on mental toughness. I'm telling you that there's this book is like, I love that it's just plain. It's black with the title on it, right? Because all the good stuff's on the inside of this book. How do they get it, by the way? Because they don't get your books like they get everybody else's yeah, books. Yeah, I just self-publish my books. Right. So they're just available on my website, which is andyforsella.com. Okay, so go to andyforsella.com. Make sure they get the book. And I write those books, dude, because out of service. These books aren't written so I can yeah. be a New York Times bestseller. Don't I don't, don't give a fuck. Right. I, I write these books because, dude, eventually I'm going to be dead. And I want people to understand that there's a certain level of responsibility that we have to condition ourselves for the path of life. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're a business person, or you're just a regular person who needs to learn how to react and handle things better. Because dude, the reality is, is life is hard, man. We're going to be hit so many times with unexpected hardships and these unexpected hardships for most people crumble them. And the reason they crumble them is because they lack the ability to operate during hard times. So if you want to really know what you're going to get out of the book, if you do the work that's prescribed in the book, because that's part of the book, it's a big part of the book, mm -hmm. is the work that's prescribed. What's going to happen is you're going to become someone who, and, and I want you to really think about this, okay? If we, if we look at the scale of life, productive life, as 80 years, all right? We have to understand that during those 80 years, certain times are going to be good and certain times are going to be bad. And that's for every single human being on the planet. Mm -hmm. 
And most people can operate and produce when times are good naturally. They can do that. Most people cannot operate and produce when times are bad. And so what this book is really about is teaching yourself to operate during all the times. And if you can operate during the good and the bad times, the easy times and the hard times, you naturally create this gap between you and everybody else. And whether that be in business or your career or just the quality of husband or, or father or parent that you are, or you run an organization, that is a cumulative effect over time. Mm -hmm. And people want, wonder a lot about like, why certain people are able to do so much more with their 80 years than other people. And I fully believe it's because those people understand how to produce even when shit's totally fucked. Mm -hmm. And that's what this, that's what this book is about. This book is about you learning to take control of your own decision at making process, become aware of your own internal dialogue, tune your internal dialogue to the right place that it needs to be so that when hard things happen, things continue to progress. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a massive advantage that most people lack in life. And when you asked, how did this happen? It happened because I can do both. It happened because I can operate when shit's good and I can operate when shit's bad. It's irrelevant to me. Does it feel bad? Yeah, it feels bad. But I'm also in a place where the production doesn't stop. And so if we compete against someone who, let's say, isn't mentally as tough mm -hmm. and you're legitimately like, because this is a competition. People don't understand this. There's this talk about unlimited abundance and all these things. But when you break it down into reality and we're talking about business sense, there's you and then there's 10 other companies that do what you do and you are in a fucking competition with those people. And if they fucking crumble when shit gets hard or they slow down when shit gets hard or they let off the gas when shit gets hard and you don't and you could still produce, that naturally widens the gap between you and them. And that's that's a tremendous tactical advantage that you can create with simple daily routines that create that for you up here in your mind. Bro, this is that's such a good conversation. I, I mean, dude, I think that's really the key, dude. I do too. Yeah. We always, I always wish that you and I recorded our conversations, and now we start. There's a part of me sitting here going, "You should just come on every quarter, yeah, and we should just record our dialogue." I'm in. You know, you know. I want to say one thing to everybody. Then I want to ask you one more question. It's the one I debated whether to ask yeah. you, but I think we should talk about it just because it's real. First things first, go get the book on mental toughness. The other thing is, if you have any interest, if you're an entrepreneur in getting coached, Andy and I have a program together. We never promote it. All we yeah. do is put out an Instagram. We have no sales team, no phone room, no funnel, no yeah. nothing. And it is the premier entrepreneurial approaching, uh, coaching program in the world. It's called the Arete Syndicate. It's A-R-E-T-E syndicate.com. If you want to get some information on that, we don't sell it. We don't want you to join it if you can't afford it. There's different price points. We're not guys that push programs. We've made our wealth in our businesses, but it is the premier program. You want to be coached. You want to be coached hard. You want to be a part of an environment, by the way, that's conducive to winning and excellence, which is what Arate means in the Greek, and be in an environment with other entrepreneurs that are winning at a high level or are progressing. That's the program for you. And I'd encourage you to go check that out. That's all I'll say about it. You're not going to get a bunch of emails from us. We don't do that stuff. So I want to say that it's he and I, we coach differently. You'd get both of us. You have to be able to deal with a bunch of F-bombs and this and that and to deal with him. And then you got to deal with my craziness as now, well. In all fairness, I do tone it down a little bit. Um, by like 1%, just so you know. Let's, you get a 1% discount. You get a discount on the F-bombs. Right. Um, let's talk about that last. It's hard for people listening to this. Social media is great because you and I have always said, man, I wish back in the day we could have got access to a Tony Robbins or somebody like that back in our day to get information for basically free on podcast or social. 
the same time, if we're being real, it's hard to know who to listen to. Mm -hmm. If we're just being real, like mm -hmm. everyone can look successful on social media. Everybody can look like they've built something. Everybody looks like they've got a top podcast now because there's hackers and yeah. stuff like that that can artificially move stuff up. What would you say to somebody who's like, you know, I, I want to have a couple coaches. I want, should they have 52 mentors? Should they have two or three? You know, how do you distinguish between who's real and who's not? And that whole problem, because I think a lot of people don't know, right? And it's very hard to distinguish. I wouldn't know. How would you know? I okay, don't know. Here, here's the thing. Yeah. How this would is you what know? I think about a lot because I think about this a lot and it frustrates me a lot. If you're a young person and you're, let's say, 17, 18, 19, 20, 25 years old, 30 years old, okay, because 30 is still really young. You could be young 40 entrepreneur, but you've never had a business sure. before. Right? For sure. Yeah. That's the great thing about entrepreneurship. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say you're a young in the entrepreneurship world, yes. okay? not physical age. Yeah. And you look at some of the things that are presented as entrepreneurship on the internet. The problem is is that you lack the they lack these people because they're hungry and they want to win now and they want this now they lack the perspective to understand the difference between show and real mm. and that's not their fault because they they're not up the mountain right mm -hmm. but people that are like legitimately up the mountain and we're looking down the mountain we're like Pfft. That guy's full of shit. Mm -hmm. That guy's full of shit. Mm -hmm. This guy's doing okay, but he's not doing anything like what he's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy's pretty good here. Mm -hmm. I like what he's doing. It's very easy to identify those people once you've been on the path. Yeah, once you know. Yeah, and, and you know, we have two elements of the internet that really, like, make this hard for people to tell, right? Because now we have this other side of the internet where everything's a fucking scam mm -hmm. and everybody's a fraud. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's... There's truth somewhere in there, right? Yeah. And I think just, I think for people to to really know, and I don't want to shit talk anybody because I honestly believe there is some of these guys that are coming up that are maybe a little bit too fucking flash, mm -hmm. but they are making people change. I agree. Right? Like yes. there's people who are getting results. They're getting in good shape. They're changing their lives. Yes. So I don't like to judge based upon like what level you're at or whatever, which I used to do very harshly. I look at it differently. I sort of look at it as one off now, but it's still, even with that, if you don't have the perspective of being down the path, it's impossible for someone to know what the fucking truth is. Mm -hmm. And I think if people were just to stop and ask themselves a few questions before they jumped into anything, uh, they could save themselves a lot of frustration, a lot of, a lot of um, bad advice, uh, and probably a lot of time, actually a lot of time, okay? Because I know this and you know this too. Like if I were to go talk to 19-year-old Andy when I started on day one, for, as me now, I'm saving him 15 years off his journey. Mm -hmm. No question. Mm -hmm. No question. Especially with technology. Mm -hmm. Especially because I didn't have it the first number of years. Mm -hmm. Eight, nine years. Um, you know, what have they built? Do they have real customers? How long have they been servicing customers? How many customers have they served? Do they have employees? How many employees? How, do they run teams? How many teams? How, how many people on the team? What's it like to order from their business? Do they actually, can I buy their products or is this a mysterious thing that I can never see the truth behind? Mm -hmm. I think if we just did some simple vetting mm -hmm. and some common sense questions, the, the answers sort of present themselves. And I think a lot of times people do that, but then they see the fucking instant gratification and they're like, fuck it, I want that. The quick one. Right? And 
there's that part of it, right? And then there's also the part of it where, you know, a lot of these younger guys who are coming up, like I'm talking about in their 20s, they're very fucking smart with technology. So they know like one little tool, right? Yeah. Like they might know how to create a funnel really good, mm-hmm. but they but but then they present it as like a whole business. When in reality, dude, what you should be doing is looking at these things as tools to add to a real business that you're growing, very right? Good. And and so I think there's just a different way of thinking about it. And um and I think asking some simple questions about who it is that you're learning from, what have they actually done? Uh, you know, who, who, who do they surround themselves with? Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. And, um, that's great advice. Yeah. I just think asking a list of questions and by the way, like anybody who's done anything real is going to fucking brag. Like if someone's like, Hey, hey, what have you done? Oh, I don't know. I built this. I built this. I built this. I built this. I've had two number one podcasts in different fucking categories, Mm -hmm. built the biggest mental transformation program in the history of fucking earth. Mm -hmm. I built fucking a 10 figure company, a nine figure company, a bunch of eight figure company. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And a lot of people, when you ask them questions, they get upset. They don't like answering those questions. Mm-hmm. That's a red flag. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I appreciate the fact that there's so many people out here that want to win, but we have to acknowledge there's a reality to winning. Mm-hmm. And it's not just getting to a point where you can buy an exotic car mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, fly on a private jet. That's, that's, those things are accessible to people who cannot legitimately afford them now. So we have to be very careful about, I think real successful people are willing to share their mistakes more like you and I do fuck bro to go. Hey, look, I've made a lot of these mistakes. Cause that's, I've learned. I think that's true. I've learned a lot of it from my mistakes. Yeah. And I know you have as well. I called our first interview when we met uh, the collision of limitless minds. Yeah. And the more I'm listening to the two of us today, actually listening to you. Cause I'm not listening to me. I haven't said very much. I, uh, I really believe that. I'm really, really proud of you. Um, I love you like a brother, but I'm really, really proud of you. Thanks, man. And I appreciate you sharing the weaknesses and the vulnerabilities too, because you are such a strong dude. It would just be easy for you to bulldoze through life, and you don't do that. And I'm really, really proud of everything you're accomplishing, and I I can't wait to see what happens in the next decade with you, because what's happened in the last seven or eight years is bananas as they've been seeing this footage on YouTube. If they're doing that, if they're not on YouTube, just know 20,000 square feet to 800,000 square feet. You know, uh, he lives in the former president of the United States home. I've never seen a car collection like this in my life. And it's just sitting here at your house. These aren't even all of them, but let me ask you with all that combined last question, honest answer. Is it worth it? It is in some ways, but there's a price to pay. Mm. You know, there's a trade-off that people don't talk about. I mean, like we talked about earlier in the show, you know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like a young man. Mm-hmm. I don't feel 44. Mm-hmm. I might look good for young. Like I get that a lot. Like I'm not saying that to brag. I don't think you look particularly. Yeah. Good. A lot of people are like, Hey, look, dude. Uh, <laughs> thanks bro. Uh, but a lot of people are like, dude, you look way younger than that. And that's because I keep myself in pretty good physical condition. Right. Shape. That's right. But like on the inside, dude, I'm a thousand years old. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's the price you pay, right? Mm-hmm. You pay, you pay the price. Um, you give up a little piece of your soul to go on a journey like that. And, uh, you know, you have to surround yourself with people, uh, specifically people who are the closest to you, significant others, um, who can tolerate that journey and deal with your fucking crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things I missed out on in life that I didn't get to do, you know, but there's a lot of things I get to do that other people don't get to do. Mm-hmm. And I think the important thing, you know, when we talk about, is it worth it is, is more so like, how do you value worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of what's worth it, I, I don't feel like 
I just don't feel like we as human beings are here to just exist. I feel like we're here to make an impact that matters. And I think the fact that I don't have children probably adds to that a lot where mm-hmm. I feel like I have to do something relevant yeah. um, to matter. But I think our lives matter. And I think your life may matter for a different reason. Somebody else's m- life might matter for a different reason. But my life matters because I was gifted a certain set of skills and a certain mentality and I'm wired a certain way to produce things and build things. And um, I mean, I, if you're asking me, would I go back to being who I was before? No, I wouldn't. I like it better now. Good. Um, but the real the reality is, is like when people out here, they tell you, oh, it's just easier. It's as simple as changing your like bro this shit's hard as fuck Mm -hmm. and it beats the shit out of you every day and Mm -hmm. and like maybe maybe those guys are telling the truth maybe it was easy for them Mm -hmm. but it wasn't easy for me Mm -hmm. and it's not easy for me and i feel like that's what gives me the platform to speak to people because i'm legitimately just a normal person with i don't think any gifts that has gritted it out and 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 the things that people perceive as gifts because you you make that face right there Mm -hmm. but that just is a product of the hardship of experience yeah that's the product of the journey yeah, I think it's not worth it in your own life, maybe, but it's worth it in the lives of other people. Yeah. I think to some extent, depends on the level. I think there's a level. You I think there's eventually. a lot of truth to that. Yeah, I think there's a level where you won and you go, yeah, it was worth it. I play golf four days a week. I got my house paid off. It's probably a worth it level. When you decide to climb really, really high, there's a return for you energetically and emotionally that's really difficult, but it's counted in the lives of other people's lives. Between the two of us sitting here, the amount of people's lives who are still alive yeah. and haven't taken their lives because something one of the two of us have said, yeah. or have started a business, or have gotten shape, or have improved their marriage, or have improved something in their life life or built a company or helped someone else it's it's worth it and when you count it in the lives of other human beings when you just measure it on your own life it's a dicey bet when you add the other lives up that you've helped contribute to it's a no-brainer to me yeah and i think that's what you're saying too it's like that's what's worth it and i think it's something i say that to you to remind you of that yeah when you're going through those days and i'm not talking to you and you know you're not expressing it is you know, the rewards are in other people's lives for the most part at some stage, although they see the La Ferrari and the other thing, like you're right. Like the truth is after you have those things, they they're awesome at first. And then the rate of return emotionally on them is diminishing. But the rate of return when you invest in a, it's like why you and I, when we do our Arate events, like we're doing tonight, we're having a dinner yeah. by the end of the night, we're like, yeah, bro, it's totally worth it yeah. again. Yeah. And then we need another event with other people yeah. because it reminds you and I, oh, I'm making a difference in humans' yeah. lives, you know, in some spiritual sense, then it's it's a no-brainer and it's worth it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that, dude. I think about that a lot, you know, especially with what I'm doing uh, with Real AF. You mm-hmm. know, I have to go on the internet and talk about things that really suck to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I do, like, you know this, and most people don't realize this because most people are on the internet for clout and fucking mm-hmm. shit. I actually do that show out of service. Mm -hmm. I feel like no one else is willing to talk about difficult things or, or even state opinions. And I do Mm -hmm. it twofold as a service one to bring awareness because I want people to understand the environment that they're in and what Mm -hmm. they need to learn to operate in. But two, um, I do it from a place of showing an example of what it looks like to exercise your freedoms. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like we should not be afraid to speak the truth. We should Mm -hmm. not be afraid to state our opinions. We should not be afraid to Mm -hmm. say when we see things that are wrong, that they are wrong. And I feel like we as a culture and as a country have gotten so used to, um, holding back our opinions 
and maybe softening them for political correctness that the truth has become subdued. Mm-hmm. And I think we are all suffering from that mm-hmm. in this current state of affairs in, in our in our country. And so when I think about like why I do what I do, um, it really is more out of service. I know you know that, yep. but nobody else really realizes yep. that. I don't like doing that show. Yep. I don't like getting on there. It's fu- I do like doing it because I get to have fun with DJ and yep. we joke around. And I love these guys. But uh, at the end of the day, man, it's something that I think needs to be done. Yep. I think one of the nature, the things that's cool about our friendship too is like, because I have all different friends from different backgrounds. Like if everybody that's around you, you agree with every single word, they say, what a boring life. That's the problem we have in society, I think. I think in society, we've lost the ability to to hear other perspectives. So yeah, which is not allowed for any kind of growth or problem solving. Like if we have to solve a problem, right. we have to at least point at the problem, even if it's uncomfortable to point at the problem and yeah. say there's a problem right there. Yes. And so when we when we surround ourselves with people who only think the same things that we think, not only does it keep the problem from getting solved, but it keeps us from developing and growing as a human being. Yeah. So how can we how can we become more educated and, and have a better perspective on life? If we only surround ourselves with people who agree with everything that we say, amen. Right, and so that's why, like, I don't mind when people disagree with me. Now, now, like, yes, yeah, sometimes people are assholes about it, but the right. truth is, I actually welcome differences of opinion. I know you do because I'm I'm perfectly okay with defending my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe I'm wrong, dude. Fuck, mm-hmm. maybe I'm, how many times have I told you that? Where I'm like, yep. hey, you know what, dude? That's right, I'm wrong. Yep. You know, like I don't. I think that if we all started right, adopting right, right. that sort of mentality, where we're not afraid to state our opinions because we've thought them through and we're willing to at least have a conversation about them. And I'm also willing to hear someone else's differences of opinion. We have a much healthier society. I mean, that's, that's a healthy friendship. That's a healthy relationship. That's a healthy country. Well, what it is, is it's, it's the sign of a mentally tough person. A mentally tough person can hear ideas they disagree with and feel strong enough about their opinion are open enough to grow that they're mentally tough enough to stay in that environment. It's a sign of mental weakness when you're unwilling to have dialogue with people you disagree with or be open to new ideas and perspectives. Yeah, or offended by everything that that isn't exactly the way that you think it should be. I, a billion percent agree. Yeah. And that's why I say I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, everybody go get the book on mental toughness. You can go to andyforsella.com to get it. If you want to get coached by he or I, you can go to artesyndicate.com. This is an all-timer. <laughs> the Collision of Limitless Minds. I knew it would be, and I can't wait for us to do it again on the show this year. Yeah. I don't want to wait seven yeah. or eight more years. Next time we'll do it at your place. Okay, yeah, we'll do it at my place. Yeah. We'll do it on Hope Island. Yeah, we'll I'll, come, I'll come out and we'll do it there. All right, everybody. I don't have to ask you to do it, but share today's episode. It's an all-timer. Probably be the all-time most downloaded one instantaneously. God bless you all. Max out your life. This is the Ed Myland Show.